Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Friday afternoon. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty at the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke off today. Kelly joining me a little later in the program. Opening segment of today's program is sponsored as it is every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Golden Eagle Athletics and, of course, this radio show. We encourage you to support local restaurants. And at the top of our list is Dickie's. Uh, the food is delicious. The people are local. Uh, the service is great. Uh, you just can't go wrong with Dickie's Barbecue. All right, uh, Kelly, on the show later, we're going to start the show out today with uh, one of my good buddies and a guy that I always enjoy talking to. Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director at the University of Southern Mississippi. And, Jack, I'll bet you've sampled some Dickie's Barbecue in your day. You know what, Bob? I had some last night. First time the family and I have had barbecue in about three months, and it was phenomenal. I had a little brisket and yeah. sausage, and yeah. uh, it was really good. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's all it's always good, and uh, we appreciate you uh Supporting Dickies. All right. Now, Jack, I wanted to get you on here and talk to you about a couple things uh, the next couple segments. But you and I have a, have a mutual love for college baseball, and uh, we always enjoy talking baseball. You sent us some great information the other day, the history of Southern Miss kids and, and, and the Major League draft. Very timely, of course, as the draft was just starting. And a lot of things to talk about out of that. But one thing that kind of caught my eye, and I have to admit it was after – after the show the other day, everybody that goes in, everybody that gets drafted, every kid that gets drafted, their dream is not to play double A baseball. Their dream ultimately is to make a major league squad. And, That's true. And, and in digging through your information, 13 young men that have come out of the Southern Miss baseball program have accomplished that ultimate goal, and that's playing on, on the big stage, Jack. Yeah, that's true, and 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 that's not everybody that's played in the big leagues that that has been from Southern Miss, but those are the thirteen that have that have uh, that have reached that dream. Uh, you know, we've had uh, we've had about 19, eighteen or nineteen guys total, and it, you know, it all goes back to you know Jim Davenport back in the fifties, and 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 Bubba Phillips, and Hugh Lauren Pepper. Mm-hmm. You know some guys that played early on, Fred Waters. You know before the draft, the, the you know the the modern draft wasn't instituted until 1965, and then we we had our first pick the following year in '66, and that was Frank Baker, who who was picked by the Giants, um, and he was taken in the 22nd round. But ironically, you know he was taken he was taken the following year in the second round. Uh, by the Yankees and ended up playing, ended up making his major league debut with the Yankees uh, back on August 9, 1970. And he played for them during the 70 and 71 seasons and then and played for the Orioles 
uh, during the 73 and 74 campaigns. Interesting. So the first guy drafted makes it to the big stage. A lot of names to yeah. go over, but there are a couple that jump out. Man, I'd like for you to just kind of refresh our listeners' views of, of their career here. And and one name that jumps out when I saw it was Scott Copeland. Yeah, a guy that, that, that wasn't here a whole lot. Um, you know, he lettered, you know, he was on that uh, 09 team and, and then – and then pitched us into the regionals in ten, and uh, you know had a two two very uh, you know you know pretty successful careers at Golden Eagle, mm-hmm. and then um, you know he was drafted. Um, I'm trying to remember who he got taken by. Copeland was taken um, by uh, the Orioles in that 2010 draft. He was in the 21st round, mm-hmm. and you know he 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 you know kind of bounced around for about five years in the minor leagues and finally uh, you know, had a quick cup of coffee with the Toronto Blue Jays back in 2015 uh, and then got into one game um, in 2018 with the Mets. Uh, but, you know, a brief major league career, but he made it. And, uh, you know, I think he, he's pitched overseas. Uh, and I don't know if it's in the KBO or, or – um, uh, in Japan, I don't remember right off the top of my head, but he he's he's pitched overseas as well. Right. So uh, he had a he had a very long and illustrious uh, pro career. I'm not sure if he's retired or not. Cody Carroll, another pitcher that uh, had some success professionally, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a guy that was taken uh, by the Yankees. Uh, you know, he was he was a uh, uh, Cody was a, a 22nd rounder back in 2015 and. And and he was he 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 rose quickly through that Yankee system, and then believe it or not, right before the trade deadline of 2018, he got traded to, to Baltimore, and then uh, soon after that, he made his debut with the Orioles, um, uh, and he's the last guy. He's the last guy, I believe to make it to the big leagues for the Golden Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he got hurt uh, last year, uh, didn't pitch that much, uh, did did pitch some in the Arizona Fall League this past fall. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys that was looking for a chance to get back, uh, you know, this summer because of the COVID-19, you know, and everybody knows what's going on with Major League Baseball right now. I just right. kind of sit and wait. Right. All right, is it fair to say that of all the guys that have left the program and gone on to play on a big league team that Brian Dozier has had the most success? Uh, I think recent success, uh, you know, you, you look back, I mean, Brian, Brian's been an all-star. Uh, he, is, he has been on a World Series championship team. He's actually, he's actually played in the last two World Series. He was a member of the Dodgers. Yeah, you know, didn't play a whole lot in '18 with the Dodgers uh, against the Astros, uh, you know, and then, and then made it to the playoffs in 2017 with the Twins. They lost that wild card game to the Yankees. But you know, you know the one thing about and I, I, I study or I researched this a few years back. You know, Brian is the only guy in his first plate appearance to homer in both the All-Star game, his first ever played appearance in the All-Star game, and his first ever playoff appearance uh, in, in, the, in the playoffs. He's the, he's the first guy to ever do that. And, 
which I thought was kind of interesting. I, I I spent about three or four hours researching that one night right. after it happened. Of course, if you remember that Twins game against the Yankees, the, the the Yankees or the Twins jumped out, you know, real quick in that first inning. Uh, they got I think three runs in the first, and and Brian let off the game with a homer, and then and then the Yankees uh, against Irvin Santana, who came out to pitch for them. Uh, he quickly gave up that lead, and, mm-hmm. and and like what's been the case for the Twins in in, in uh, Yankee Stadium over the last twenty years or so, they end up getting beat, take an early lead, and end up getting beat. So right. it's same same story, different verse right. for them, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Brian's a Gold Glove winner too, and and you know, he he was a he was a second base Gold Glove winner in two thousand seventeen. You know, he has the most home runs by an AL uh, second baseman in a season with 42. So, so when you, when you look back, you know, he, he's probably got the most successful career. Um, you know, in terms of longevity, you know, you, you, two other guys you would look at uh, in recent years, you know, Pat Rapp, who played for the Golden Eagles um, uh, back uh, in the late 80s, was a 15th round uh, pick by the Giants. Uh, in '89, but uh, he played he played for four or five different major league teams from '92 to 2001, and then of course Kevin Young, who only played for the Golden Eagles for a season back in 1990, he was a 15th rounder uh, by the Pittsburgh Pirates, and uh, you know he played he played in the big leagues from 1992 to 2003, so uh, he probably those two in terms of long Jevity probably have the longest. And then if you go back, uh, you, well, another guy, Chad Bradford, he had a pretty long career um, uh, in the major leagues. He, he played in the 2008 World Series uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and then you go back, uh, Jim Davenport back in the, uh, uh, the 60s or the 50s and the 60s uh, for the Giants. He actually went on to manage them uh, for a year in 1985. But uh, he played in the World Series for them, was an all-star selection, and then he also won a gold glove back in 1962. Great stuff. We're going to hold you over, Jack. When we come back, I'd like to talk to you about two kids right now that we're all going to watch that we think have a really good chance of making uh, major league rosters eventually. I'll, I'll bet you know who the two are I'm talking about. And, uh, Fair enough. And then catch up on what's going on on the campus athletically. Is that good? All right. Jack Duggan, everybody, the old left-hander, the sports information director for Southern Miss on the Eagle Hour with me today. We'll both be right back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Eagle Hour, our favorite day of the week around here. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart. 
campusbookmart.net back open on Hardy Street if you want to go in and do some face-to-face shopping. But if you want to stay low, like a lot of us continue to do, you can get online, campusbookmart.net, and uh, they'll fix you up with uh, your favorite Southern Miss pair. Also, want to welcome D1 Baseball and uh, the new training facilities here in Hattiesburg. They're located in the old uh, Getty's Pizza Parlor uh, up on Hardy Street. Uh, First-class athletic training for everybody from kids to adults over on the baseball and softball side, batting cages, training facilities designed specifically for baseball and softball. On the other side, uh, athletic training for every sport with some really qualified uh, former players. Uh, They're providing the training, so we would encourage you to check out that fine facility. Talking to uh, our buddy Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director, it's Southern Miss. He's the guy to go to if you got questions about baseball. So uh, the, he is our go-to guy. Now, Jack, we talked about the guys that have made it. There are two in particular, and I don't want to discount any of the other kids that are working their way uh, through the through the minor leagues because they all may make it. But two big names that obviously are going to jump out, and that's Matt Walner and Nick Sandlin. Do you think that? Uh, the COVID-19 setback and, and the problems that are plaguing baseball, like everything else, uh, are, are hindering their advancement. I'm not anything they can do about it, but do you remain optimistic that these two kids really have a shot? No, oh, I certainly do. I mean, you know, I this year to help them uh, in their development uh, to get to that level. But uh, really, who knows you know, what's happened you know, this year? With Jack, you're breaking up on me. Your cell phone's it, breaking it, up. Is that a little better? Uh, try to find me a good, stable location. It uh, seems okay, to be breaking up. I was good. Uh, let, me, let, me go, let me go to the back here, Bob. Yeah, go back where we started. That worked real well when you were uh, wherever yeah, well, you started. I had, didn't, didn't move. Uh, How about now? Uh, it's a little better. It's breaking up a little bit, but just go on, and, and I'm sure the signal will come back. All right. So, so you know, you look at you look at those two guys, and you know, right now, Major League Baseball, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they're going to end up playing some sort of season, but it might be a commissioner mandated season. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean for minor league baseball? You know, everybody seems to think that that minor league baseball is going to go is going to go away for the year. And and if that happens, you know what's you know, you know they 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 lose an entire season, unless they come up with some sort of some sort of pool of players that they use uh, to help get through the major league season. And you might see both those guys kind of be in that pool of players. But you know we still don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, when when and if Major League Baseball uh, resume or returns to the field, hopefully later this summer. Now, you know, you know Nick missed a little bit of time last summer with an arm injury. Uh, going into spring training, he was a lot better from what I understand for some people that told me. So he was ready to go. You know, Matt had a really, really nice summer um, for the Twins organization. He was ready to go. So, uh you know, it just it's just now it's just kind of a waiting game to see when when and if you can get back onto the field. Right. And and nobody has any power to do anything about it. So uh 
So they're they're all uh, they're all uh, in the same boat. I guess the Golden Eagles, and and this is a positive from the perspective of fans. The Golden Eagles actually escaped the draft for the first time in a long time, at least to this point. Am I correct? That's true. And you know, as you know, the draft a little bit different this year. It was only five rounds. Uh, the format had been forty rounds. You know, they started. It was it was fifty before. You know, they, they cut it back to 40 for the 2012 draft, uh, but only five rounds uh, tonight. Now, for one, understand uh, the free agent signing period starts Sunday, so there might be a couple of guys in that, but, you know, I think the most that you can offer those guys are just 20,000. Right. Uh, and who knows how many of those guys are gonna, they're going to sign that way. Right. Well, I'm sure Scott Berry would love to have all his guys back. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. I, you know, he didn't follow the draft last night. I, I was the guy. I said, "Hey, I'll follow the draft for you if something happens. I'll text you." And then I, I sent him one text. I sent him one text about nine forty-five last night. No one taken. And so, uh, um, you know, so so you know. Now we just now we just wait and make sure. Hopefully, no one. We don't lose anybody in the, the free agent uh, period, and, and uh, you know we'll have. I don't know, about 39, 40, 41 guys on the roster for next year. Right. I remember one time a few years ago, Coach Kaye told me that this the draft week was the most stressful week in his life because you, because oh, there's, there's because you no don't doubt. know who you're going to lose off your team. And, and obviously, many times it's your best guys. Yeah, oh, there's there's no doubt. And then, and then you know, guys that, guys that you don't see that you're going to lose all of a sudden get drafted. Mm-hmm. And they see that opportunity, and and boom, they're out the door. And you know, maybe you don't have a backup for that guy. So, right, you, you know what I mean? It's 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 a it's a it's a stressful time, and you know, it's not like anybody's going to tell you what they're thinking anyway. Right? There's there's a lot of smoke and mirrors when it comes to the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so at least that's the way that it's always been, and always that I can remember. Right. Uh, but it's it's you know you just. And and I, I can't tell you how many years now I didn't really this year, but have sat by my computer and listened to them them just reel off name after name after name during the draft and sit through about forty to fifty rounds of it just to make sure that one of your guys didn't right, go. Right. So. Well, from from that standpoint, we can all breathe a little easier, I think, and, and hope that uh, all of our guys, if they choose to, obviously uh, will come back. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, Jack, if if you ask me how much I missed Southern Miss baseball this year, I would have to say about a thirty. And I'm guessing yeah. you're right there with me. No, I, there's no doubt. It's a it's it's a fun time for me. Uh, it's a it's a program. I mean, I, I love all the sports at Southern Miss, but you know, Southern Miss baseball special to me. I got a chance to 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 play baseball at Southern Miss. Uh, well, they gave me a uniform for a couple of years. Um, and then, and then I got to, I got to finish my undergraduate and then my graduate career as, as, as the baseball SID. So, so I've been, I've been involved with the program probably, I guess, uh, almost 20 years now, yeah. uh, off and on. Uh, I've, I've had the opportunity when I wasn't involved to, to score some, to score some, uh, tournaments, when Southern Miss was hosting, so so it's been a long it's been a long uh, long uh, trip for me, and and it, one that I've really enjoyed. It is indeed very very special, 
And uh, I think it starts at the top uh, presently with the great leadership of Scott Berry. And it, it's right down to the kids, Jack. We have an opportunity uh, to meet a lot of these kids and talk to a lot of them on this show. And with just without exception, I mean, they're just all they're just all outstanding kids and uh, a real tribute to the program. All right, Jack, two minutes left. Uh, where are we right now as far as athletes back on campus? And what can you share with listeners about uh, what is athletically now starting to crank back up at the university? Well, we've, we've got uh, football is, is, is uh, undergoing their voluntary workouts from the month of June. Uh, it's my understanding we have over half of our team in for voluntary workouts. Um, so uh, we've had no, to my knowledge, no um, positive COVID-19 tests. Uh, and, and from what I understand, they're doing uh, symptomatic and uh, temperature checks uh, every every day. So so they're keeping a tight lid or a tight wrap on those guys and you know, making sure they're, they're they're staying healthy, but also getting them ready for the season. Right? Do you, can you make what would be your assumption of of what we're going to see and how different football may be in the fall? Uh, I wouldn't even begin to. I wouldn't even begin to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're still we're still a little less than three months away, and and you know, we. I, I just don't know. I mean, I mean, who would have thought? Who would have thought going into conference basketball tournaments week that 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 all of them would have been canceled, right? You know that week and 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 how quickly they they they, you know, we just don't know. Just hopefully, hopefully we're, you know, in a period in this thing where where it's it's slowed down. But I just you know I don't know. I, I'm not a I'm not a medical expert. And I don't begin to 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 prescribe to be one. So. Right. I let those guys make those decisions. Jack, it all ended the night. We had the huge comeback against Troy. I remember turning yep. the radio off and just smiling and thinking, man, this is really going to be another good year. Uh, never mm-hmm. never dreaming that that would be the last Golden Eagle baseball, or sports for that matter, uh, that I had the pleasure of listening to uh, throughout well, the Well, if you, if you get a chance, Bob, I, here's here's what I've been doing. is I've been I've – been, trying to get my baseball fixed with the KBO. Now, I'm not getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning watching it, but I've got I've got an ESPN app that I've been watching you know, during the day. Uh-huh. And uh, it has been it has been a pretty good uh, pretty good way to, to, to get that baseball fixed. Right. Uh, ESPN has really done well. Um, you know, it's, it's taken them a while to kind of get up and running. But they usually have really good interviews during the broadcast. Good deal. And right. uh, so it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've, I've enjoyed following that. All right, my friend. I appreciate your time. Always enjoy my conversations with you and look forward to having another one with you real soon. Sure, Bob. Always a pleasure. All right. Jack Duggan, everybody. Sports Information Director. Great guy. University of Southern Mississippi. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I want to thank Jack Duggan for joining me in the first segment. Interesting conversation about the history of Southern Miss baseball players on the big stage in Major League Baseball. And more than you realize, you know, and, and quite successful were, were some of those guys. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Best plate lunch in Hattiesburg, hands down. 
Uh, it's served five days a week. Great sandwiches at night. The facility is now reopened. You can enjoy the uh, NIT memorabilia there, all sorts of Southern Miss memorabilia from baseball, football, and basketball, and uh, cold adult beverages. And uh, Kelly Sander, who's now with me. Kelly, how much are those lunches uh, again? You know, they're eight ninety five now, Bob, and they were eight ninety five last year, and they were eight ninety five the year before. And the portions, too, are good. Know, for, well, for guys like me, we appreciate a nice, uh, right. healthy portion. Right. All right. Also, I want to thank DBAT and D1 Training Facilities for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Uh, we talked briefly about them early in the show. DBAT, of course, specializing in baseball and softball training. D1 specializing in training of all athletics. Kelly, you know, a facility like this in Hattiesburg now with uh, really qualified former college athletes uh, providing the training, they told us the other day that they largely picked Hattiesburg because of the great youth sport programs that take place in Hattiesburg. Man, things are changing, aren't they? When facilities like this are being developed for kids to come learn, uh, learn their sport. Well, back back in our day, Bob, we didn't even think about high school football, uh, let alone when we were eight years old. We wouldn't think about high school football until like the June, <laughs> two months before the season even started. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Know? Well, your father would say, boy, don't you need to start doing something besides laying on the couch if you're going to play football this year? I, I could remember hearing that. Yeah, and go run around the block one time and go, hey, I'm good. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, Kelly, I'm interested to get your take on this. Uh, yesterday, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, signs a new bill that effective in 2021 will allow college athletes playing in the state of Florida to be paid for their name, for their image, and for their likeness. Your thoughts about how this is going to affect college athletics? I just, I, first of all, I, you know, I want to get some clarifications from the governor. What does, what does your likeness yeah, mean? I have no idea. You know, because somebody could say, well, it does look like him or her. And so it's a, no, no, that doesn't look anything like him or her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and does that mean every time their name is printed on something, they, they have to get, you know, I want some clarifications as to what exactly they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But like everything else in the world today, Bob, it's just going to make athletes, and I'm not criticizing the athletes, I'm just saying it's just the way it is, it's going to make athletes more uh, self-centered uh, and less and less team-centered, which really gets to be, and that, this is where social, the biggest complaint coaches have about social media these days with, with younger athletes, is it's not, a, you, never see, you never see a kid on social media talk about how the team did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's look at me. I went three for four today. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I excelled on the field. I did all these great things. Well, you know, and you got, you got parents in one ear, you got coaches in the other ear telling you how great you are. Well, you forget you got a team around you. Right. You know, and, and that's why a lot of these, these old school coaches really struggle with some of these new age athletes. It's because, you know, in the, in the old days, it was all about the team. And now it's more about me, me, me. Right, and you don't know, you wonder too, Kelly? What what sort of what sort of potential issues does this create? I mean, so you got a you got a couple of guys on the team, and they're making big bucks. You know, they're selling their autographs and they're selling their pictures and all of this, and then they're looking at the guys that are getting none of this and asking them to block for them every day. You know, or or or, or be in front of them every night on the football field. 
it just seems to me it is a huge Pandora's box that they're opening up by doing this. I totally agree. And people say, well, athletes deserve to be paid. And, of course, the old argument is they are being paid. It's, yeah. it's, in, it's in way of scholarship, you know, tuition and, and room and board. And, look, <laughs> when it comes to board for, yeah. for a college football player, you're talking about some, you know, those guys can down some groceries now. No question. <laughs> No question. So we're in agreement that this is probably not a good idea overall. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it, and I don't. I don't really. It was never really a problem. I mean, right. I never. I never heard people, you know, come just raising cane about it. So I, I never knew really how it came up anyway to begin right. with. But but you're right. I mean, you know, there's offensive linemen and defensive linemen again who never seem to get any credit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the quarterback will be making all kinds of money and yeah. Um, yeah you know the star receiver and you, you've got to go in there and like you say block for them and make sure that they're successful right. the more successful they are the more they're going to make <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the further the gap between them and you yeah you got it. yeah mm-hmm. no and you're right you know there was a time that uh, all, all you heard was team 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 and uh it's it's unfortunate when uh, it's unfortunate when, when you don't hear that well, oh. when we were younger, Bob, the, the old adage was there's no I in team. Right, right. But now this new generation has, has added a line to it. It's, there is no I in team, but there is an M-E. Correct. No, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's absolutely correct. All right, on another matter, uh, J- John Harbaugh, who is the coach, of course, of the Baltimore Ravens, one of the really better teams in the National Football League, uh, made a statement yesterday that the COVID-19 guidelines the league has set out, which include locker rooms, uh, lockers have to be six feet apart, workouts are limited to 15 players at a time, only team meetings can be held outdoors, and there has to be six-foot spacing between players in huddles on the field. Harbaugh described this as humanly impossible to complete. I, I totally, I, I mean, I totally agree. And this has been my concern in, in Mississippi at the high school level. You know, and, and, and look, in the NFL, that's one of the richest organizations out there, right? Right. If anybody could pull this off, they could hire the personnel to do what needs to be done. Uh, but you're asking essentially a lot of the high schools to do the same things with no resources. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've been so, I've been so, you know, down on whether we're going to have a high school football season. Um, you know, when you, you don't even hear about the virus anymore. That's not to say that it's not out there and that it's not important. But when are we going to get to the point of, look, we're, we're just going to go business as usual and let's just hope for the best. Yeah. You know, I mean. This and, hasn't and, been a good week for that, Kelly, because every indication, every indication now is that uh, there's an uptick in this disease again. Now, what's causing it? I have I have no clue. I'm a radio guy. I don't. I don't have any sense when it comes to things of that nature. But you wonder, and yeah, you're right. I, I don't know where the line is. Well, at what point do we say, look, this is just with us forever, and we're just going to plow forward? I don't know, Kelly. And I, I don't know that I could have ever imagined so much uncertainty about football season as I feel right now about it. And I think I think those are reason, that's, it's reasonable, Bob, you know. Yeah. And and why are the, you know, the the rules are inconsistent? I mean, I, I went to the bank this morning. As you know, I 
do go to the bank quite often. Right. And uh, you loan them some money? Is that? What, I don't want to interfere with your business. I'm sorry. And the and you know I, I, the doors were open to the bank, but there were four people in the whole bank. Yeah. But I had to have a mask on. I had to walk through the ropes a certain way. I right. had to sanitize my hands. There were four people in the whole building. Right. Right. But yet, but yet, you know, at other events, you know, the the bars are opening up. And again, I'm glad. I'm, I have no problem with everything being open. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying why the rules are so strict in some places and so lenient elsewhere. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, an abnormal time. I mean, in normal times, the banks would be coming to you people out of Canebrake. Am I correct? Actually, it gets to be a burden. Does it? Um, I see. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many hours in a day. Um <laughs> You have your staff to supervise daily and all of this. It, it, really, it takes up a lot of your time. It, it really does. And, I mean, we've got other things we you know we want to do besides, you know, talking with bankers about. Yeah, about loaning <laughs> them money. That, that's right. And also, also, before we hit the break here, I'm, I'm going to let listeners know, you may be the reason Luke is actually not here today. Uh, you know, well, you know, I mean, the comment about uh, when he's in the water, how the fish swirl around his feet to see his beautifully pedicured toes i'm much <laughs> is he having another one today i'm sorry i shouldn't be laughing but it was just I, I had this vision of luke's toes in my head and being perfectly manicured it's just it's just something you and i are not going to get over for some time are we kelly well we're just we're just, those, we're just those old guys up in the like in the muppets that sit up in the opera booth and just make fun of everything you know? <laughs> he may never be back i don't know he, he may not ever come back we'll just have to wait and see if he shows up monday hey, he's, he's a good sport and he's, and he's carrying his uh, whole generation on his shoulders so. yes <laughs> hey, when we come back after the break, Bob, we'll talk about uh, the Major League Baseball draft. There we go. A couple of uh, Conference USA players uh, taken. We'll tell you from which team. No Golden Eagles, uh, unfortunately, were taken. Well, I say unfortunately. unfortunately that might be good. But good for the team. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So no we'll talk question. about where those players landed and about the draft overall and where some of those guys go from here now. Sounds good to me. Me and Kelly Sander return on the Eagle Hour right after this. To the top. Hey, welcome back. Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Kelly and Bob, glad you're with us. I'm in the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. This segment sponsored by Hattiesburg Toyota. It is a great place to go buy a car, truck, SUV. Just hard to beat Toyota quality. They're some of the finest machines on the road. Hattiesburg Toyota with a great inventory, big inventory of cars and trucks. So lots for you to choose from. They'll make you a deal, and they'll provide service after the sale. I want to thank our friends at the Hattiesburg Toyota for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. All right, Bob and Kelly. Kelly, you were talking uh, before the break. Uh, baseball draft now, very, very limited draft. They go from 40 
to five rounds. Two kids from Conference USA included in those first five rounds. Yeah, and unfortunately for individual Golden Eagle players, uh, there were none taken, but it's, it's great for the team right. because, man, the Eagles ought to be loaded you know, going into to next season, not losing uh, some of the guys that, that were, you know, could possibly have gone in the five-round draft. Uh, the only two players from Conference USA to be taken in the second round, a left-handed pitcher out of Florida International, a kid by the name of Logan Allen, uh, was drafted by the Cleveland Indians. Interesting that he's a left-handed pitcher because Kirk McCarty, you know, was drafted by the Indians. Mm-hmm. He, too, a left-handed pitcher. Logan Allen, a second-round pick out of FIU. He was the top Conference USA player to go. And then the only other player to go from Conference USA was the shortstop at Rice, Trey Cruz. That's C-R-U-Z. And he was taken by my Detroit Tigers in the third round. And, of course, he's got a great baseball pedigree. His uh, grandfather was uh, Jose Cruz Sr. And, of course, his father was Jose Cruz Jr. And he comes along then in his tray, meaning the third oh. uh, Cruz. And uh, so he will be a Detroit Tiger, but, but that's it. And now, you know, the, the free agent deals, and, and Luke talked about this yesterday, you know, it's a whole different ball game now, too, because if you don't get drafted, the most you can get is $20,000. And, you know, is $20,000 worth dropping out of school if you haven't, you know, finished your degree? Um, or if you did finish your degree, you know, is it, is it worth taking that chance? You know, on that uh, on the career when you may have an eighty thousand dollars job waiting on you. So, right. um, but because of because of COVID nineteen and all this, many of you probably have heard that the NCAA is expanding rosters for the next couple of years and is taking off the table the minimum twenty five percent scholarship that that can be offered by schools. So they can expand rosters and they don't necessarily have to give guys twenty five percent for the next couple of years. The expanding of rosters uh, will be certainly good for junior college uh, schools, you would think, because now a lot of these guys who want to get drafted you know, earlier rather than later can be drafted out of junior college right away. And with expanded rosters at the Division One level, that's just more guys you're going to have to compete with. Right. So um, the degree of talent, the level of talent in junior college, which has already been pretty good, it's, it's going to really escalate, it, it seems to be. Uh, the next couple of years, but the Eagles Eagles are sitting sitting really good with uh, guys that are already in the nest, and uh, you know guys that have have already committed you know down the road. No, you're right. So, the the baseball team, if you look at it right now, and and let's assume you don't lose Matthew Guidry, and and you don't lose um, you know anybody to the to free agency uh, loaded coming back loaded, Kelly. Yeah, they, yeah, and let's let's hope that. Uh, you know, but 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 here's here's the thing you got to worry about though that I'm just just thinking out loud is how many of these guys at the semester break at Christmas will transfer or go to junior college? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because now that the rules have changed, they could you know they could theoretically go to junior college, right? You know, uh, if if guys are, are tired of waiting mm-hmm. in the wings, or now I've got. 10 more guys I'm going to have to battle for because it's all about being on the field. Correct. Right. I mean, you're not going to get drafted if you're not on the field somewhere. Right. And and so you're saying they've expanded the rosters of college baseball, but they haven't expanded the number of scholarships, which is already the lowest of of any sport uh, at a university. 11.7. And, of course, the minimum that they they could have offered in the past was a 25% scholarship. Well, now they don't even have to offer that. Right. 
So they can, they can literally have a 50-man roster if they want to the next couple of years. Do you think coaches to. will want to do that, though, Kelly? No. No, yeah. I, I don't think they will want to. Yeah. But, um, but there's going to be a lot of headache in shuffling, shuffling personnel. when you know Because I, I do – and this will be something Bob will want to watch on the Eagle Island, too. Mm-hmm. Not just Southern Miss, but other schools. How many guys are going to transfer you know, uh, because of these new rules? And it's all about you know them being, wanting to be in a position where they can play quickly, so that they can up their draft stock, especially it, now that it's more competitive, only going five rounds. Right, right. Well, you so, hope none. You hope none. Of course. But uh, it will it, you know, like everything else, my word. What is anything certain anymore in sports? I, at the moment, not right. Well, the Bengals coming in last, and the Redskins. <laughs> those, those are. That's pretty much a lock. Yeah, we, we pretty much know that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for. However, thanks. however, I have to say, Bob, all the all the baseball experts say that the Tigers nailed it. They got they got an A and an A plus on their draft grade. Well, there you go. All right, Kelly is going to resume his early morning drives in place of jogging. We're going to check with Luke Sunday and see if he is ever coming back on the Eagle Hour after Kelly's remarks. You've had a productive week, Kelly. I want to thank you for your contribution. Oh, man, I'm always glad. I'm not doing anything else, right? (laughs) All right, brother, you stay safe, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you again Monday. Until then, everyone, Southern Miss. To the top. To the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.